Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cassie Wienis, registered and licensed dietitian, one of two hosts of today's show. In just a minute, my co-host will introduce herself. But first, if you're struggling with a slow metabolism, I encourage you to continue listening because we have put together, first of all, reasons for a slow metabolism. And then we're going to give you steps you can take to boost a broken metabolism. Good morning, listeners. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist and also hosting today's Dishing Up Nutrition with Cassie. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We're a company that helps people to lose weight really the healthy way by eating real food in balance. So we're going to talk a lot more about that today. Yes, eating real food in balance. You know, as I was thinking about today's topic, Cara, I was thinking of this past summer, which... Right now, to look outside, that makes me feel really happy to think about <laughs> summer. But I was at the state fair, and being at the state fair, I don't know, did you go this year? I did not. You did not? No. Being at the state fair, I was reminded that obesity really is a huge problem. And I go typically every year because I work at a booth for the support group for celiac, raising celiac kids that I'm in. And every year I notice this, so I don't know why it continues to shock me every time when I enter through those gates. But it it is kind of shocking, and it seems like with each passing year, whether it's the State Fair or Valley Fair or some other large venue, it seems to me anyway that the waistline of the adults and the kids just continues Mm -hmm. to grow. Well, you know, and I think maybe the reason that you are noticing it more that makes sense because research shows that in the 80s, one in six adults were obese. But listen to this. Today, one in three adults are obese. We're not talking. I mean, there is a difference between overweight overweight and obese. So one in three adults are obese today. And sadly, children are also more obese today than they have been in the past. The rate of childhood obesity has gone from 17% to the current rate of 18.5%. That might not sound like a big change. But still, it's trending up. It's going up. we don't want that. And so, actually, this is the largest increase of obesity that we've seen in children in ages 2 to 5 years old. So, over 18% of kids between 2 and 5 are obese. And those statistics beg the questions, what has happened, first of all, and why has there been such a great increase in obesity? We also know that there's been a rise in the rate of diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. And it's kind of puzzling to me because it appears that more people are going to the gym. When I go to work out, I, you know, I see a lot of people there, especially after the first of the year, exercising I know a lot of people, it seems like every weekend, I know somebody that's going to run a 5K or a 10K or a marathon. And we know Michelle Obama in, what was that, 2010, 
she launched the Let's Move campaign. So former First Lady Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. you know, and her intent was was good and her heart was in the right place. But did that Let's Move campaign work? No, it did not. The rate of obesity in kids is still climbing and it's no longer people just being overweight. It's actually gone beyond that as more and more people are falling into this category of obesity. And this was talked about in last week's show as well. I mean, I think this is really important just for people to know what's going on with with the statistics. So last week we mentioned research that reports 41% of men and 45% of women in their 40s and 50s are now considered obese. So this means we're a nation. I mean... That's, you know, obese, it's not just about the weight. It's about the health conditions that that you just mentioned that are more prevalent as well. Good point. So are you one of the 41 or 45 percent, if you're man or woman, falling in that category? Do you feel like you have a broken metabolism? So if almost 50 percent of our American population are obese, why is this happening I think it's easy to blame the person, you know, and be be in kind of like a victim mentality. And we often hear this health and fitness professionals will give out the advice or make a comment. Well, hey, just eat less. Just move more. I have acquaintances (laughs) and I I love my brother, but I'm just thinking of him. He has no sympathy for overweight people. He doesn't get it. But yeah, we're going to look at there's so much more involved. Mm -hmm. And um a lot of it is the the processed food industry, right? We're going to talk right. more about that. But a lot of our clients say, you know, I've tried that eating less and moving more thing. I've tried that over and over my whole life, and it just doesn't work. Nothing works. And people say, I'm convinced that my metabolism has shut down. I feel like I have a broken metabolism. So we hear that a lot. Yes, absolutely. And I think there's truth in that statement. Mm-hmm. So let's dig a little deeper and see if we can come up with the true reasons behind this epidemic of obesity. Right. And when I want to dig deeper, the number one book that I go to is Why We Get Fat by Gary Tobbs. Such we, a great book. And didn't we have him on when that show or that book first came out? We, we had did. him on the show. We interviewed so. him about, and we've actually interviewed him for, wasn't it Good Calories, Bad Calories? I as think well so. As, and then what about, then he has the sugar Oh, that's right. Sorry, we're going off on a tangent. Well, just saying, though, that if you wanted to search for his name in the search engine on our past podcasts, whether through iTunes or on our um, website. Yep, just weightandwellness.com. And he's on as a guest. Those are some great shows. Really great shows. I know for sure he was on for Why We Get Fat. And Mm -hmm. in that book, he takes an overall look at Americans with weight issues. And he's actually very critical of the food industry. So you might be listening and wondering, well, how do these extra pounds on my body, what do they have anything to do with the food industry? Actually, a lot, right? Gary Tobbs, who wrote this book you, you've mentioned, Cara, Why We Get Fat, he says in his book, and I want to quote here, he says, I believe the food industry is actively promoting a lie that processed food, imitation food is just as good for us as real food. And that's the end of his quote. And remember, we've previously mentioned on Dishing Up Nutrition 
that money talks. I mean, the reason the food industry is saying that processed food is just as good for us as real food is because billions, that's billions with a B, billions of dollars are made every year selling that processed food. And all we need to do is turn on the TV and watch the food commercials. What kind of ads do you see? Are you seeing ads for vegetables? Do you see an ad for broccoli? Do you see an ad for Brussels sprouts? (laughs) No, but I wish, right? (laughs) Oh, man, I love Brussels sprouts. That makes me kind of hungry. People either love or hate Brussels sprouts. (laughs) I also love them. Well, I think people that don't like them haven't had them cooked correctly. That's my (laughs) philosophy. But but no, I have not seen any ads for broccoli or, or Brussels sprouts. But of course, I've seen a lot of ads on TV, as I'm sure our listeners have, for potato chips, for pop, for cookies. And oh my gosh, the pizza commercials are everywhere. You know, there's an old adage that goes something like this. If you repeat a lie often enough, people will believe it. Isn't that the truth? Cassie, it looks like it's coming up on break. Should we take our break for now? I think so. And then we'll come back and get more into this topic of a broken metabolism. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We're a company providing life-changing nutrition education and nutrition counseling. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about how to fix a broken metabolism. And we're going to continue talking about this topic. The first step to fixing a broken metabolism is to eat real food. So think of grass-fed beef or wild-caught fish. Think of a lot of vegetables like the broccoli and Brussels sprouts Cara mentioned, all cooked in healthy fats like butter and olive oil. Because of the enormous influence the food industry has had on our eating habits over the years, we have a big challenge to keep our metabolism working properly. Real food Not the manufactured factory food is the answer. And if you have questions for us here at the studio, the number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. After last week's show, many of you have told us you would like additional group support to help you continue to eat healthily through this upcoming holiday season. You may have been asking yourself, How do I avoid the cookie exchange? How do I order a coffee with heavy cream and avoid the skim milk pumpkin latte and the pumpkin muffin? Those are everywhere. Everywhere. Just hopefully for just a few more days. Right. Well, we have answered your requests and put together a 90-minute class to help you make your personal commitment, get helpful information, suggestions, and support. So by the time the Super Bowl rolls into town, you're going to be feeling great. You're going to be feeling proud of yourself. The cost of this class, so the title of the class, first of all, is called Habits, Habits, Habits. It's only $25. It's going to be offered at three of our office locations, the St. Paul, Maple Grove, and North Oaks office. So that's really exciting. I was happy to hear about that class. People can sign up online at weightandwellness.com or you can call our office 651-699-3438 to get registered. And I think that is the best $25 you will spend this holiday season. For 90 minutes. Oh my gosh. That's a really good deal. You know the boss (laughs) is not making money on that deal, but she loves to help people. That's going to be a great class. So we have a caller. We have Anne on line one. Anne, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Did you have a question about olive oil? Yes, I did. I recently read somewhere that it shouldn't be heated. 
so to not cook with it. I'd never heard that before, and I've not bothered to do any research. So when you ask for questions, I was very curious what your thoughts are on that. Great question. Do you want to take that? Yeah, that is a great question. We actually do teach this in our, when we teach our Nutrition for Weight Loss series, we have a section on fats and the different temperatures that the fats should be heated at based on how fragile they are. Olive oil is actually more of a fragile oil. Mm -hmm. So heat and light will oxidize the olive oil and it can become rancid. Then it's a bad fat, basically. Yeah, it turns a good fat into a bad fat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So really, olive oil is meant to be, um, I would say, low to possibly medium heat, more for like light sauteing. Yep. Or Or salad dressings. dressings. That's really predominantly how I use it. Right. If I have a extra time on my hands, let's say, and I'm going to make eggs in the morning, I will use olive oil and then I'll put it on sort of in between zero and medium on my stovetop. But if I don't have that much time, then I'll use coconut oil because it can withstand high temperatures. And I love the flavor. Is that helpful? Oh, yeah. So when I'm roasting my Brussels sprouts, it's okay instead, since I use such high heat, to maybe use just a little butter. Normally, I don't. Yes. I put just a little bit of olive oil and just kind of brush it to kind of keep it from sticking, and then I flip them around a little bit. But no, that, that's, that's a really a good, high heat. Right? Yeah. No, you should roast your Brussels sprouts in butter or coconut oil is mm-hmm. delicious too. But you know, I've. I've been doing more butter than I was ever since we had Sally Fallon on as a guest two weeks ago because one of her um, statements she made was that so many of us are low in vitamin A and a good organic butter is such a great source of vitamin A. So you can be assured that you're you're eating something healthy if you roast those Brussels sprouts in butter. And, and it takes the high temp, so you're all good. And it tastes great. Oh, my gosh. See, I am getting hungry again. Okay, thank you for the call. Thanks very much. Do we have another caller or no? Not yet. Okay. Well, you know, before break, we were, Cassie, you said that there's an old adage that goes, if you repeat a lie often enough, people will believe it. Mm -hmm. Author Gary Taub said that the medical profession bought into this myth that fat causes cholesterol problems. So really, that's when they started pushing low-fat diets without really investigating the science behind that. There was no valid science behind the, chole- we call it no. the cholesterol myth. <laughs> no, it, it it was, I think, a theory and more than anything, and it took off like wildfire that we should eat low fat to get rid of fat on our body. But, but like you said, Car, they never really investigated any of the science that people were supposedly touting, and any science that was out there was truly false, faulty science. And it seems that the more any one food company advertises a packaged product, the more people believe the message without even really questioning what is being said. And really, because of the major food industry advertising campaigns, people bought into the lie that fat is bad. And the false message that saturated fat causes heart disease also took off like wildfire. Mm -hmm. And this then precipitated the food industry to put cheap manufactured fats into their cookies and their cakes, their crackers and their chips, and the list goes on and on. And then they advertised these items as a healthier choice because they weren't made with lard or other saturated fats. Now, on this program on Dishing Up Nutrition, we call these manufactured fats refined or very damaged fats. So 
What do manufactured fats do to someone's metabolism, Cara? So in Sally Fallon Morell's book, and again, we had her on two weeks ago, if you want to catch that show, but she has her new book, Nourishing Fats, and she quotes research from the 70s that shows that excess consumption of these vegetable oils. So when we say the term vegetable oils, we're really just referring to all the fats you just mentioned, the manufactured, processed, refined. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, those are vegetable oils. And they're especially damaging to the reproductive organs, is what the research found, and to the lungs. And both of those, you know, those organs are actually organs that are experiencing an increase in cancer in in our country. Mm -hmm. So think about, you know, lung cancer, possibly uterine or ovarian, breast, prostate, all those reproductive cancers. Also, these vegetable oils, and we're talking about the corn oil, the soybean oil, cottonseed oil, and canola oil. These vegetable oils have been found to cause abnormal fatty acid profiles in the fat cells. And this might be in part why the use of these oils has been linked to mental decline. I mean, we're seeing Alzheimer's and dementia on the rise. The use of these oils has also been linked to accelerating aging. And to obesity. Mm-hmm. Is it okay if we talk a little bit more about that quote that you just said? You Absolutely. said that those cottonseed, canola, corn, soybean oil have been found to cause abnormal fatty acid profiles. What does that mean? So I maybe people don't understand what right, that means. Right. I think of that as, you know, low omega threes, mm-hmm. right? And we have then more inflammatory fats in our system. We're out of balance. So we need those omega-3 fats, which are Mm anti-inflammatory. So if people are low in the omega-3s because they're having all these cheap oils, that makes sense. They're going to have mental decline, accelerated aging, and Mm -hmm. obesity. Exactly. One study found that women who ate the most of these vegetable oils had more wrinkles. So there you go. There's the accelerated aging. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if that's not motivation enough to stop the vegetable oils, I don't know what is. When we eat a lot of vegetable oils, again, it's the corn oil, the soybean oil, the cottonseed oil, and the canola oil. Research tells us that these oils have been associated with an increased rate of cancer, of heart disease, and of weight gain. I mean, the bottom line is these damaged oils slow your metabolism. And I would like to suggest that anybody listening right now, if you're in your kitchen... And have a minute, pull out a salad dressing bottle from your fridge. Ooh, that's good suggestion. Go to your pantry, pull out some crackers. I'm trying to think of another thing in very typical. If you have almonds or some type of a a roasted nut Mm -hmm. in your pantry, pull out some of those things and read through the ingredient list. I think many Mm -hmm. of you listening will find that you probably have corn oil or cottonseed oil, soybean oil or canola oil in your house. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, a lot of frozen foods. Right. Boxed foods. Prepackaged frozen meals. So anything that's already in a box or a can or, you know, is going to be likely to have some of those soybean and corn oils. So also when you pick up a processed food at a convenience store, maybe you grab a muffin, for example, If you look at the ingredients, what do you see? Well, usually the first or second ingredient is going to be sugar. And then shortly after, you will see an ingredient that's soybean or corn oil. 
one of those bad vegetable oils. Right. And so, you know, one of those is not going to cause damage. But if you're eating muffins on a regular basis, you could have more cellulite on your thighs. That is that's another thing. I I mean, there's the wrinkles, the cellulite. Eating bad fats can lead to wrinkles in cellulite. That's just actually a sign of accelerated aging Mm -hmm. that shows up on the outside. (laughs) Right. And great, great motivators to get those foods out of your diet. Cara, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk more about not just the contributing factors to a broken metabolism, but we're going to give you some solutions too. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just tuning in, we are discussing how to boost a broken metabolism. I have a question for you before we go to break, though. How does chronic stress affect your metabolism? Studies have found that short-term stress is actually beneficial for us, but long-term stress can cause people to turn away from healthy foods like the blueberries and the sweet potatoes and pick high-sugar foods instead, like maybe M&Ms or potato chips. Living with stress on an ongoing daily basis makes you more likely to have issues with your weight. When we come back from break, Cara will share more about the harmful effects of ongoing stress and how it can lead to a broken metabolism. If you have a question about today's topic, call Cara and I this morning at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. There are some things we wish for you to do what everyone else can do. Hop in your car, go to work, slip right into a movie seat. Now there's a perk. Buy cute jeans right off the rack. Dance at the next wedding to Love Shack. Play tag with your kids and hear them say, that was the most awesomest day. Walk your dog, jog, or both just because you can. Comfortably fly coach all the way to Japan. Be there on graduation day, especially if it's yours and you got your MBA. Meet your greatest love and ride off into the sun. This is your life. Go live it. You've only got one. If you think you've tried everything to lose the weight that's keeping you from your best life, think again. Learn the new science of weight loss in the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. You can do this. We'll help you. You're not alone. This is a promise, not just a poem. Join us at weightandwellness.com. Back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Let's take a closer look at reasons why ongoing stress is bad for your metabolism. First, let's look at a human study. Researchers found that when women were under stress, they ate more and they often chose high processed, high carbohydrate type foods. So think about cookies, candy, chips, things like that. And then, you know, that's human studies. If we take a look at animal studies, researchers found chronic stress even caused animals to gain weight. So one study from Georgia State University found that hamsters experiencing ongoing stress over a 30-day period gained weight, particularly in the abdomen or belly fat is yes. what we call that. Yes, and another human study published in the Journal of Adolescent Health found that adolescents who experienced more stress were more likely to have weight problems. Now, as a registered dietitian, I look at what causes stress a little differently than most people. I mean, certainly we can have outward factors that are stressing us out, but we can also stress ourselves out from stress ourselves from the inside out depending on our food choices. So, if I think of foods that can produce stress in adolescents and teenagers, for example, I think of pop. 
cold breakfast cereal is another stressor. Potato chips, pizza, and let's not forget that a lack of sleep is a stressor. Mm-hmm. So here's a few poor eating or sleep habits that may cause you or your teen to have a broken metabolism. So what do you need to do to eliminate your food stressors? I mean, I would say, first thing, replace those sodas or energy drinks with water, (laughs) right? Yes. Add a slice of lemon. If you want some flavor, you could put fresh lemon, lime, or orange. You could have, you know, not excessive sparkling water, but one or two per day of like the LaCroix. A LaCroix or a Mendota Springs. I just bought yesterday... Well, I had my husband pick it up for me at the Nutritional Weight and Wellness Office, This the berry-flavored stevia drops to jazz up That's my water a little thing. bit. So another great way if you're kind of bored with water. When people say, oh, I don't like water, or yes. I have a hard time getting my water in, it just doesn't taste like anything. If they're used to drinking their soda, mm-hmm. that's a great tip. Put some mm-hmm. stevia in there. And thinking further about how do we eliminate our food stressors, how about for breakfast this morning, if you haven't eaten breakfast, skip the pancakes and choose some eggs cooked in butter instead. And stop buying chips. You know, if you're hungry, you could try to have nuts or something. I always keep nuts in my purse all the time. Me too. And I love that you said stop buying the chips because if they're not in the house, if that urge hits you, yeah. tough luck, right? Exactly. And, and in the end, out it's of a sight, good thing. Out of mind yeah, for yeah. most people. They can't really call your name if they're not in your house. And let's not forget about the importance of unplugging at a decent time. Remember to turn off the TV, turn off the laptop and the iPad, turn off your phone and go to sleep at a decent time in the evening to get your eight to nine hours. And the reward is when you change to these good nutrition and sleep habits, you can actually repair your broken metabolism. Yeah, it's so important. All of those things play a really big role in metabolism. So we can't just focus on one thing. It's really about the whole big picture. It's, yeah, it's putting all the puzzle pieces together. We have Rochelle on line one with a question for us. Rochelle, good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Did you have a question about palm oil? Good morning. Thank you. Yes, I've been, I'm confused about whether palm oil is an appropriate oil for human consumption or not. That's a great question. Um, I believe it is. I actually have a, uh, I'm trying to think of the brand. It's Nativia, N-U-T-I-V-A. It's a sort of a healthy shortening, I guess I would call it. And I Hmm. think palm oil is the main ingredient. I've seen that. It's a Crisco type of a consistency. Consistency, yep. But they make it, instead of the hydrogenated vegetable oil, they make it with palm oil. I've seen that as well. Yeah, so I tried that. I will tell you, I I rarely bake at my house, but around Christmas, I do make some health healthier treats for the kids. And I had bought it last year for a recipe, and I think it's fine. What do you think, Cara? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I don't know as much about palm oil as I do about coconut oil, and they're I know they're both tropical, tropical oils. oil, so they withstand higher temperatures. So, mm-hmm. and um, I think they both have some of the same properties as being antifungal, antibacterial, mm-hmm. antiviral. Yeah, I think you're okay with that. What were you looking to use it in? Well, I'm actually seeing it on the label instead of partially hydrogenated oil in peanut butter and crackers. And I'm just wondering if 
when they're putting it in there, is it just another name for partially hydrogenated oil? Oh, good. I love your how you're being She's, a detective yeah. there and, great and questioning. Look at those labels. Yep. But no, it is not another name. I know that it is not another name for partially hydrogenated or hydrogenated, which, as you likely know, Rochelle, are the trans fats. So I think it's going to be an okay peanut butter if you see that in there. Even better. You know, I always think of Foods Cara in terms of okay, better, and best. Mm -hmm. And most of us are on this continual journey to get everything to that best category. So a a peanut butter with palm oil instead of hydrogenated oils would would be one of your better choices. But if you can buy that peanut butter that's just peanuts and salt, mm-hmm. that's your best choice. I agree. Yeah. That's a great question, though. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank for you for calling. Call. I just want to, can I make one comment? Yes. About, so any type of oil could potentially be hydrogenated. So if our listeners are looking at labels... It is possible that there could be a hydrogenated palm oil. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're taking me back to science class. I'm trying to <laughs> configure the molecules in my head. But it would have to, I would but, think. Although so those are just the can words to avoid. It, it would have to say hydrogenated palm yeah. oil. Okay. So just Good avoid point. hydrogenated palm oil without that word next to it is fine. <laughs> right. Right. Good point. Avoid hydrogenated oil of any kind. And avoid partially hydrogenated oil of any kind. Those are the worst of the worst. Those are the trans fats. And then I think we're just going to take another caller. What do you think? Yeah, sounds great. We have Amy on line two. Amy, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Did you have a question for us? Uh, Yes, I have a question regarding, you know, kind of jazzing up your water. I use um, tart cherry juice concentrate to jazz up my water. Great. Um, is that, is the concentrate, is that okay? How much are you putting in there? Two tablespoons is, um, because I'm doing it for arthritis and stuff. Yeah, I would think, I would think that would have health properties, probably antioxidants, and those are things that protect all of our cells from potential damage. Right, and, and the, um, you know, the studies have shown with the with the tart cherries it's, they have to be tart i guess um but it is helping with my arthritis i well that's great can't believe it but it is helping so, so you put t- what did you say two t- two, two tablespoons, tablespoons per how much I, um i'll just take the two tablespoons plain by themselves okay um, and sometimes i do put it in the water but i got this concentrate at a um orchard in door county when i was visiting there and um it's so far i'm waking up and i'm on week almost four and i'm not having pain anymore wonderful and you're getting a little flavor in your water well i'm glad you i'm glad you called in because i bet there is somebody or several somebody's out there listening that this could be helpful information for well i can't believe it's working but it is (laughs) Yay. Count your blessings. All right. Thank you, Amy, for listening. You know, and I'm sure that can be found at a co-op, a good good brand of that in the refrigerated section. So you don't have to go to to Door County. And, Um, you know, I think the key is that she's only using two tablespoons. So it's not eight ounces of juice. It's good point. So that's keeping the sugar content down. mm -hmm. Yes. A little goes a long way there. 
All right, so let's see. When we, we were talking about how bad fats lead to wrinkles and cellulite. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And um, and and of course, a slow metabolism. Yes. And you know, if you've been like most of us, and you were eating manufactured foods or these fake imitation foods for years, do you think that maybe this is why you have a slow metabolism? I mean, really, for decades, most of us were unaware of the danger of these refined vegetable oils. For decades, no one told us if we ate chips and cookies and microwave popcorn or even most restaurant meals that these foods would slow down our metabolism. In fact, to the contrary, TV nutrition ads showed that these oils were healthy and most of us believed it. Sadly, now the consequence of eating these bad damaged oils like the corn oil, the soybean oil, eating these oils for so many years has resulted in a slow metabolism for many, not only for you out there listening, but for almost Mm -hmm. half of the United States population. As a nation, we have a serious problem. Slow metabolism and obesity are occurring from eating processed foods that are full of these refined oils. We're going to take a break here, Cara, and come right back to this conversation. But I'm I'm getting the the signal. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We are talking about causes of a broken metabolism. If you're just tuning in, we're also going to be talking more about solutions to fix a broken metabolism. And I want to say that if you're a podcast listener and have written a review for us, we want to thank you. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and consider writing one for us. We really want to continue making this radio show and this podcast better and better for all of you listeners. We can only do that if we hear from you. So thanks again for listening and for sharing Dishing Up Nutrition with your family and friends. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We have two important seminars that are coming up in November. Saturday, November 4th, we have our very popular menopause survival seminar. That's going to be held at our St. Paul office. If you live out of town, grab a friend. Come for the day. You'll be glad that you did. And then on Saturday, November 18th, Joanne and Angela are going to be presenting the Food Connection to ADHD, which is actually a new workshop that we have. Both of these nutrition educators really know this information that has been found to improve symptoms, but they also have the experience of working with their own children who have ADHD. Joanne has said a lot of times, I wish I knew this information when my kids were going through this. And that that's actually why the ADHD seminar was put together. You can call 651-699-3438 for details. And before we get back to our topic, I want to let the listeners know that if you or a family member or a friend struggles with headaches, tune in next Saturday as Leah and Cara will take a look at natural headache relief. So not ibuprofen or or something even stronger, but natural headache relief. They're going to be talking about food, supplements, and possibly Mm -hmm. even sleep as contributing factors to those sometimes debilitating headaches. That's right. That's going to be a great show. All right. So I kind of, before we went to break, I was wanting to give an example of a woman that took our Nutrition for Weight Loss program. Okay. And I jotted down her story here. 
Yeah, you know, I think I remember when I first started listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, when I would hear people's stories, that was the biggest. It's really inspiring to hear these stories. Good word, inspiring. So here's an example of a woman in her 60s who took the Nutrition for Weight Loss program and she lost 12 pounds. So that's one pound each week throughout our 12-week series. Now, we asked her why she took the Nutrition for Weight Loss program and here's what she said. She said, your radio program said I could eat real food, including berries and heavy cream for a snack. So that was motivating to her because she could have heavy whipping cream. She knew we weren't going to be a deprivation diet. So that really motivated her. And then she also said, I lost 12 pounds and my blood sugars have gone down from the 200 to 300 range down to a normal range right around 100. So it's not just about the weight loss. That gets them into Mm -hmm. the class. But there's always these other Really wonderful, positive health outcomes. I know blood sugars going from two to 300 down to 100s. That's basically reversing your diabetes. Yeah, I was just going to say, which a lot of people don't even think can happen, but we see that happen in our office. Time Pre-diabetes and diabetes and diet type 2 diabetes reversed. So let's give some solutions to everybody. The solution to changing your metabolism, I mean, this sounds simple. It's to stop eating processed foods and start cooking and eating real food. I mean, really, you, you have to get in the kitchen at least a little bit, whether you enjoy it or don't enjoy it. You're right. Right. You got to right. get in there a little yeah. bit if if you truly want to heal your metabolism. I mean, there are some shortcuts, but you can't just rely on processed, fast food, box food, canned food. Because that's it's what just, got you into trouble in the first place. Yeah, that's what actually breaks the metabolism. So Here's an example of what real food would be for a great fall dinner meal. So in the middle of the afternoon, you know, just put some chicken legs in the crock pot, put a little salt, two or three tablespoons of Bragg's liquid aminos. Basically, that's just a soy sauce with no MSG. And no gluten. Some of the soy sauces have gluten. Take a quarter cup of heavy whipping cream and cook it on low for four to five hours. I mean, it's got a great flavor. Makes the house smell good. Yeah, it's just an easy way to, to get that healthy protein in. And then you can just put some squash in the oven, butternut squash, acorn squash. Put that in the oven. That's cooking, so you don't have to do anything with that. Saute up some green vegetables, maybe some Brussels sprouts in butter. Just saute those on low. Now, for dessert, you could serve cubed watermelon and cantaloupe, which is a low sugar fruit. Simple and easy. And the whole family would love that type of a meal. Right. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be six or seven things on the table like some Mm -hmm. Minnesota grandmas are used to doing, (laughs) right? I mean, just a few simple things and you have a a delicious family-friendly meal. And when you eat real food with good, healthy fats... Your cells, over time, are able to get rid of the bad fats and replace it with the good fats. And this, in turn, biochemically activates your metabolism or revs up your metabolism. I've heard that referred to as giving your body an oil change. I I have heard you say that before, and that's a great visual. (laughs) Yeah. Getting rid of the bad fats, replacing with the good Just like when you change your oil and you drain out the gunky stuff and put some new stuff in. (laughs) It might surprise you that body fat is actually regulated in our bodies. When we're healthy, our bodies work very hard to maintain a set amount of fat that's in our tissues. 
not too much and not too little. So that ensures a steady supply into our cells. So that's what happens until we start eating something that throws off the regulation. And something that would throw that off, of course, would be the soybean oil, the corn oil, the muffins, the processed foods. Even certain medications can do that. Prednisone, antidepressants, chemo drugs, blood pressure medications can throw off this fat regulation. Sometimes we don't have control over the medications, but we always have control over what we eat, right? So if somebody needs to be on prednisone, unfortunately, they may need to be on prednisone for Mm -hmm. a while, but they can still control what they're putting in their mouths. And it might be a little bit harder to do. You might need to sign up for a nutrition consult because prednisone can, can mess with your hunger and your metabolism. But you're right. You ultimately are in control of what you eat. Now, Cara, in addition to bad damaged fats, that's one thing that can break your metabolism. But also these processed foods we've been talking about, the potato chips, the crackers, they contain too many carbs. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. You know, it's, it's the combination of the excess carbs and sugar and the bad fats that are going to slow metabolism. And so, you know, I, I have a quick statistic that I'd like to share about where Americans are getting their calories. I learned this at a continuing education conference yesterday. So this is fresh off the fresh presses. Out, yep, hot off the press. Most Americans consume 50% of their calories through liquid. Oh, my goodness. That, so that soda, surprises juice, me. But energy drinks, milk, chocolate oh milk, the fancy like coffee drinks, the mochas, the lattes. Yeah. Wow. So just, oh my gosh, that's obnoxious. So just switching to water. Just switching to water and is, you'll probably drop a lot of weight and yes. have to heal your metabolism. And watching those sugars and carbs and refined oils. Right. That's really key. You know, and so we we need to point the finger at the high carb foods, but also at the beverages you're drinking. So beware of what you're choosing to drink. Water is always your best choice. As the show wraps up today, I just want to remind our listeners that our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for listening and have a healthy day. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.